Hello and welcome to the popular podcast, Urbane Legends. Uh, this is a two-parter again, I'm afraid. Uh, it went on a little long and I uh, couldn't edit it down. Uh, I am, of course, the actor Java Edge and I play the character Christopher Flynn. I also played the bus driver in the film adaptation, Please Sir. Fantastic times. <laughs> I could tell you some stories, but maybe at the end. For now, here is a podcast. Welcome to Urbane Legends, the podcast about urban legends and how to act in a courteous and refined manner, but much less about that. Here's your hosts, Neil and Chris. Hello and welcome to this episode of Urbane Legends, the podcast about urban legends with a very uh waning interest in etiquette tips i am virtual lumberjack chris flynn and with me as always is pencil magnate neil herbert hi neil how you doing yeah good thank you good yeah um yeah, how's the pencil business plenty of lead in my pencil that's about the <laughs> i can come up with there chris <laughs> um tired pun. Are you pencil jokes <laughs> in the pencil industry? God, you should oh, no, better write laugh on a pencil oh. convention. <laughs> There's some right characters. Um so are you finding that sales are down because of the increase of digital stuff, or sales are up because of uh Xennials and to a certain extent, millennials um, investing more into the creative exper- experiential side of life. You know exactly. So you know, if you want to like write down on your mixtape what you're, uh, and you, you use ballpoint pen and you're committing, aren't you? So you know, you use a nice HB pencil with an eraser on the end. You can just, you know, is is two B still the most popular of the of the pencils? Two B or HB is kind of roughly. Do you do the two B or not two B joke at the conferences? Yeah. Oops. Lovely. That's a classy one. I mean, that's that's sort of early evening, you know. We, <laughs> before we yeah. had to, we had our vino, yeah, we had a few to vino struck back. <laughs> I think it's a little bit more uh, raunchy. Oh, I bet. Oh, I hope you brought some rubbers, that kind of thing. <laughs> so I've been. I'm, I'm now a virtual virtual lumberjack. It seems I've been playing a computer game. Okay. called uh, Lumberjack Dynasty. And uh, so what happens in it, right, is you go to help your uncle and aunt do up their wood farm, um, wood mill, so that, they can, so that they can sell it. And then they go, oh, right, could you come from the big city? Um, you know about I think, that? yeah, exactly. What do you know about it? But apparently you're pretty handy. And uh, they go, oh, you seem really good at this. Yeah, you should just buy the farm off me and then move here and have your family here and like, have a family and stuff. And then you just go, yeah, all right. <laughs> because <laughs> because you're just like... And the thing is, like, the farm costs 250,000 euros you've got to give them, and that's mate's rate. It's not mm. bad, right? Um, except it's set in a war-torn area. No, it's not. <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, right... 
that um, you've got to get that kind of money together, but you haven't. They don't give you any equipment or anything, and you haven't got any forests. So, oh, so you be, so, so you've got no trees, and you, no, and then there's no mill. So, what are you buying? There's a mill. There's a the mill. The mill is there, and you fix it up so it's working. But you've got no trees to process. So you've got to buy bits of forest. But the thing is, your main source of income, if you're me at this point, is eggs because I just bought all the chickens I could. So I sell about 50 eggs a day. It's quite front load. It's going to take me a while to get to mill owning money and, mm-hmm. um, and a pallet of like a pallet of, uh, of pine planks gets you about on a good day, maybe 1500 quid. So, <laughs> and, and from that, you need, you know, you've had to buy a truck to move pallets, <laughs> you know, you've got to buy forests. I mean, I'm just hoping the dozy cunts die before uh, before I have to pay them off for the farm. <laughs> yeah, but I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. It's a good time sink for uh, for the for the single man. <laughs> I've never really got into this. It's like it, when you first described it, so that sounds a bit more like sort of a SimCity thing. But um, no, you know when you get the kind of like like lawnmower simulator and all that kind of shit. I was thinking you'd just yeah. like chopping down trees, and it's like. Oh, you know, you, you can upgrade your chainsaw or something, but no, it's yeah. resource management. Yeah, it kind of is. Um, the game previous to this was called Farmers Dynasty, and I played that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I bet, yeah, I basically completed that because I think I bought all the fields. Um, and had and I got married and had a baby, and the baby's terrifying. Um, so I'm hoping the same thing will happen with this game. Anyway, I digress. Just thought I'd let you in a little uh, a little window into the life of uh, of popular podcaster and voiceover actor and raconteur Chris Flynn. There, you see, it's not all glamour. It's yeah. not all glamour. <laughs> not all glamour at all. You know, we're just people too. I think it's. I think you've well, got to remember that. Yeah, a lot of people forget it. You know, you put yourself on a pedestal. Or yeah. don't care. Yeah, or, you know, for your three three listeners a week, <laughs> who who lionise you. Just remember, we're just people, okay? Neil, so uh, I've got a couple of etiquette tips for you. I'm going to keep pushing through. We're at this all. I don't know what episode this will be, but um, I'm uh, I'm going for some Chinese etiquette tips today, Neil. Mm-hmm. How's your um, How's your Mandarin? Because it's all in Chinese. Uh, ni hao. Nihao. Brilliant. <laughs> Not the only thing I can say in Mandarin, I think. I think it means how are you? Or yeah. you good. Yeah, you good. Uh on ba. So, Neil, Chinese etiquette tip. Don't be shoot too shy to try. Hush hush eye to eye. Um a Chinese dinner table is a lively place full of conversation and delicious exotic food. When invited over for dinner, either at a Chinese family house or in a restaurant, the best way to ensure you're abiding by Chinese etiquette is to observe what everyone else is doing and try and do the same. I mean, that's true true everywhere, isn't it? Yeah. Um, wait for someone to tell you where to sit. Mostly the guest is the first one to be seated by the host, quite right, followed by the seniors and then the juniors. The host often starts eating first and offers the first toast. So that's not very exotic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so wait before you start eating until your host tells you to do so. Be sure to eat plenty of food to show you're enjoying it and don't be too shy to try everything that's offered to you. 
Don't finish off the whole dish, but leave a small amount of food on your plate or serving tray. It shows good manners and tells the cook that he, she has prepared enough food. In China, it's customary to eat food like chicken and shrimps with your hands and to drink from your bowl. Using chopsticks would be appreciated, and our guides can show you how to use them. But if you're feeling unsure, do not hesitate to ask for cutlery. No Chinese host would want you to go hungry. When you do eat with chopsticks, make sure you don't stick them upright in the bowl of rice like you're stabbing it. (laughs) When you're not using them, leave them flat on the table. When you're finished eating them, place them flat across your bowl. So there you go. That's I got culturally done by uh, China once <laughs> when I was in when I was traveling when I was about twenty twenty one. I went to Hong Kong. Okay. And what we did, we ordered what we wanted off the menu, not knowing that when you order something, they bring enough for the table. So there was four of us, and we ended up with enough to feed an army. And to this day, I can't eat. Uh, sweet and sour sticky pork because the waves of sickness come back <laughs> <laughs> so neil um anything there surprise you um or, think... or do you think the grounding that you have in etiquette that i've given you would mean that you'd handle yourself properly i think i'd do all right there yeah and, and i'm i think i'm reasonably okay with chopsticks i don't try and sort of puncture them with them or use them as yeah like harpoons um it, I think the only thing there I wasn't sort of so familiar with is the, um, you know... Seat. Seat. To be seated, things like that. I mean, it yeah. feels quite formal, actually, but fair enough. Um, I think, uh, you know, good advice, just uh, wait and look, look what everyone else is doing and just try and follow I think that is good advice. Yeah. So, here's another one. Game. Yeah, me too. I mean, I've been to Hong Kong, which was under Chinese control at the time, yeah. but I would like to see... China proper because the thing with Hong Kong is it's quite spectacular because it's all very tall buildings yeah. but it's quite it's a little bit soulless I thought because it's just banking and that kind of stuff yeah I mean in- interesting place to go but I think yeah there's it'd be nice to see the sort of interior like go up the Yingzi mm. and all of that sort of thing but... yeah yeah so here's another one for you Chinese curiosity Ooh. For foreigners, Chinese people may come across as being very curious. Chinese people aren't afraid to ask personal questions, even if you've just met. So don't be, which is completely opposite to Victorian English, where where you shouldn't ever ask a direct question. <laughs> yeah, known someone for twenty years, and it's like, yeah, don't even know their surname. <laughs> <laughs> so don't be surprised to be asked things like your age, your education, or your work marital status during your first conversation. You do not have to answer these private questions if you don't want to. Just explain to them you don't want to talk about your personal life. When you're out and about, you may encounter some curious looks or even seemingly random shouts of, hello. Sometimes these shouts are coming from a vendor wanting you to sell something. Same everywhere in the world apart from England. Uh, Sometimes it's from someone who's trying to communicate with a non-Chinese, but because it's coming from uh, behind or in passing, it may come across as cheeky. Nevertheless, these shouts of hello are usually a friendly gesture. In most cases, the only way Chinese people know how to get a foreigner's attention. Whereas I found when travelling around the world, like, uh, I mean, I sound really travelled. I'm not. I did a bit of travelling in my 20s. But um, what they tend to do is go, are you English? David Beckham, David Beckham, lovely jubbly, lovely jubbly. 
Blanca. So that's what I found. People tend to say that's that's what that's what in the early noughties people knew about British culture. I'm, David Beckham and only I'm fools and horses. Boys. I'm I'm I, I can get Beckham because he was like properly world famous for a period of mm. time. Um, but Dalboy, having you know gone as far as well, I suppose Hong Kong, Bali, yeah, Bali, there was a lot Bali. of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have thought it'd be that. Um, well, I suppose it probably has been syndicated all over the shop, but uh, it was a long running. Yeah, yeah but uh, oh. yeah, strange. Yeah, it could be worse exports, I suppose. Yeah. Like <laughs> well, but to be honest with you, the sort of kind of like you know, the kind of comedy would probably. Be, I mean. Well, it'd be nice if it was reasonable. It's a nice broad comedy, yeah. and basically the basic premise of it is someone from a poor background, you know, trying yeah. to work just outside of the law to earn a bit of extra scratch. And I, think tricky, that's, but nothing too, nothing and I think that's probably universal, and it probably plays quite well in countries with quite a lot of poverty. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think that's a good point, actually, because, yeah, it is. It's kind of like, you know, he never quite... Well, I think at the end he becomes a millionaire, doesn't he? But I... I tried yeah. yeah, early on it was it was good actually, and as you say, yeah, it was kind of like setting the actually there's quite a bit of that. I mean, you think about um you know, um Steptoe and Son and um Afghan and stuff like that. There is a tradition of sort of working class comedies in the UK, but I mean this one it's a bit more Well that one was particularly like that because it was stature, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, where it's a bit more money fun, was exactly. king. Yeah. No, no, exactly. Yeah, it was kind of like just self made. You can imagine Del Boy possibly voting Tory or something, it's a bit unfortunate. Yeah, probably. Having said that, you know, good luck to someone like that. Said that, you know, but you could imagine that if he was Balinese and living in Kuta, you could imagine he might be selling knockoff watches like yeah. they do. So, you know, that's um you know, just someone just someone scraping by trying to get a little advantage. I think that's a universal thing in post industrial societies. Looking after the family. Dear yeah. old mum. Used to mention her, I think, about twice an episode. Granddad. Yeah. Brilliant. Or was it was um, uncle who came in off of it? Yeah, he um, he apparently, my uncle was telling me, he took, that guy who played Grandad took, uh, he retired from work at like 60 hmm. and then did acting lessons and then just became an actor like that late on. Well, Inspiration for us all there, Neil. Indeed. Get ourselves some acting lessons. Hollywood beckons. I quite wonder, or Nollywood maybe. Nigerian Hollywood. I get a role there as sort of like action movies, mad posters and stuff. Um, Well, it's it's they're they're starting to produce stuff for Netflix, so it's quite it's quite um, quite a developed system. Check that out. Yeah, cool. Okay, no, so that's that sorted out. You're right for a bit if you go to China. If someone goes hello, don't strike them immediately. I'll try not to. Uh, so what are we looking at today? I believe it also has um, a Chinese or Japanese feel to it, although not how you'd expect. Well, yeah, it's... Um, so actually, we're off to South America. Oh, again. Peru, yeah. I can't, I can't remember. I can't remember where LB came from. Chile. Peruvian. He was Chile, wasn't he? Yeah, that was it, yeah. So now we're, we're, we're a bit, bit further up now. We were over in Peru. And, um, yeah, so... Today we're going to talk about uh, La Casa Matusita. So it's okay. um, the house of Matusita. So actually a, a Japanese family, apparently. So, um, but so it's effectively, Chris, this is a, it's a haunted house story. 
you know, classic. Ooh, you know, you get, a bit of paranormal finally. A paranormal finally, yeah. So um so we'll see what's going on with this. Um but effectively, yeah, you've got you've got a got a, got a haunted house and it's um set in Lima in Peru, so in the capital city. Yeah, the capital. And if you go down down to uh, to Lima, down to Peru, um you can ask the guides about the stories of like Go down Peru. Down Peru. <laughs> you're going down Peru. Dan Peru gonna go and match Peachy and that haunted yeah. house, isn't it? Big yellow. Yeah, go go down Peru, have some canes. <laughs> Hang out there for a couple of days, be all right. Yeah, and... go match a peachy. Yeah. I've got uh, I, I, I stole some uh vermouth from my mum's cupboard. Let's go match peachy. Yeah. Go and see <laughs> some llamas, be all right, wouldn't it? Uh... Go go llama tipping. <laughs> oh, you, you wouldn't want to do that, because be especially up in the mountains, they might sort of Go down further than you'd like. Roll down. Yeah, exactly. That'd be, that'd be, that would be a dream. No, um, but I mean, if you did it on the kind of stepped fields that they cut into the mountains, you'd probably be all right. Yeah. You didn't do it on the edge. Yeah, that's true. I'm thinking it. That's why they did play. it. That's why I've reckon it's because it's not the, the spate of um, llama tipping. Llama tipping. Yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> the, river, the rivers of the bottom of the valley were getting all dammed up with llamas. Uh, that dizzy, dizzy llamas. Yeah, I'm furious. I mean, they're just spitting all over the shop. Dizzy llama sounds like a good uh, hip hop act from Lima. I was thinking it might be like a kind of like early nineties Manchester band. Yeah, that would be good, wouldn't it? the Ender. Yeah, like a baggy cat. We are or, the dizzy llamas. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You could see it just like a minor player in this thing. Yeah. Oh, and of course, we were all surprised. You know, when Manchester came out, you know, it, uh, pills were rife, and uh, we were all really surprised that uh, that the Dizzy Llamas didn't make it because, in a lot of ways, they were a father figure to, to a lot of us. They started in the mid 80s doing the sound. Well, they, that kind of thing. They never sold out, Chris. Bez was. Bez was. That's what we found Bez. He was. Uh, <laughs> He was he was in the dizzy llamas. He was riding for the dizzy llamas. <laughs> he wouldn't let him get on stage, but uh, we, we were like, yeah, happy Monday, do what you like. Anyway, enough of that. Um, okay, so never enough. <laughs> well, we'll come back to Manchester soon, I'm sure. Um, I mean, definitely, I think we could do a whole episode on Sean Ryder. To be honest with you. Like, no, took, he's self. all right. No, he's, he's I, I, I like Sean Ryder. He, but um, I mean, I mean, they're not really urban legends, but the stories around his uh, like, like I'll go with one that made me laugh. It's um, apparently according to according to legends, um, he was they were recording in some studio and he sold like the um, the couch for crack money. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he did love crack. Apparently, yeah, allegedly. No, he thought about it. Yeah, no, fair he enough. Loved crack. He's off the crack and that now, but um, he's uh, he considers himself clean, but he's still on the drink. Yeah, you can tell he's uh, he's lived a bit of a, a bit of a life, hasn't it? Yeah, good for him. Absolutely. Well, he was a, he was a villain, wasn't he? He was like a bit of a villain before before he got into music. Don't, he, don't, um, really too, don't know too much about his origin story, actually. Yeah, origin. <laughs> it's not I'll a superhero, hero, yeah, or villain. But, um, yeah, no, no. Well, I could, I could imagine. It's got, well, no, the thing for me, I quite like. He was a, he kind of because um, he didn't do well at school and that kind of yeah. stuff, and then he found kind of uh, 
a group of people where it, you know, all people kind of looked up to him or liked him when he sort of started being a bit of a villain, yeah. like, you know, tough guy, sold drugs, that kind of thing. No, I only really know from Happy Mondays. It's just, it's just kind of like I think it's as well. I like, quite like this. We get some of this working sort of term of unconventional singer because, like, he doesn't hit yeah. pitch and, um, you know, it's just quite a sort of. But, but but it does. You know, he'll do stuff on songs that wouldn't work with anyone else. Like he did that, yeah. you know, that Gorillas track, and it's like, yeah, it's there. Yeah, exactly. You have got the mm. sort of you know really nice kind of track and you know, sort of singing yeah. pitch, and then him just. But it works. <laughs> no, it works. Either. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Unfortunately, people like Kim are going to become who. I mean, I think that unconventional singers. Imagine trying to auto Sean Ryder. Yeah. He wouldn't know. You need a super supercomputer. Um, I think. I think the thing is that unconventional singers and uh, people who kind of often sing at the very kind of edge of what their voice can do mm. often will come out with things that sound brilliant, and because. Now there seems to be a kind of cookie cutter of what a singer should be, which is essentially Mariah Carey. Um, then, you know, we're just going to lose a lot of that kind of stuff unless you kind of dig around on SoundCloud or whatever. But people like that won't become popular necessarily now because it's very polished. But then we're losing something from that. Yeah, and I think there's always been that kind of like very polished kind of um, side of music. But I think the problem is now, if, I mean, it's, you know, all to. Well, old man yelling at fucking clouds, but there's too much use of auto-tune. Just, you know, sound like yourself. Yeah. Because, yeah, if you do, if you if your, if your vocal's heavily processed, you'll just end up sounding like everyone else. Yeah, Mariah Carey does have her own voice, do you know what I mean? Yeah, she does, she, but then everyone, everyone you know... But like, no, I know, I know exactly what you mean. It's like, you know... Doing all that kind of sort of cod gospel stuff. Um, which is which is you know brilliant if Mariah Carey does it. I mean, I like some Mariah Carey, so I'm not a huge fan, but I can recognise yeah, that she's got an amazing me. voice. You know, yeah. Mary Jane Blige, yeah, like yeah. loads of singers, but but you know, not everyone can sound the same. No, but every, but that's kind of you know when you see people doing auditions for stuff, then they always try and sound like that kind of. Like showing off range, sort of oh, yeah, weird. No, it's a, and do you know what? Like it's a really, it's a really niche specific way of singing as well. Yeah, like that isn't like, but everyone that's kind of what's expected. When it's kind of weird that that's become prevalent. Like that's how you sing because that's one way, a very specific way of singing. Well, I think that was the kind of Simon Cowell Evil Empire and Simon Fuller kind of thing, isn't it? I think that's become a slightly less in favour now. Those kind of like those X Factor shows and all that sort of stuff, where they were just churned out the same kind of people. Um, but yeah, right. Anyway, so Matsusita. Uh, okay, so I mean, actually, you look at the picture of this place. It looks it looks quite nice, actually. It's um, it's well known, apparently, Lima. It's a big, big yellow building. If you sort of go along and Google it, it's nice, isn't yeah. it? Sort of twenties. Huge, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know it. It's well known due to the paranormal happenings people have witnessed here from the beginning. So it was built Uh-oh. during colonial times. Ah. So apparently the, <laughs> apparently the first occupant was a Persian woman named Parvena de Vespa. Her arrival was mysterious. She had no family or friends or anything connecting her to the royalty of Peru. 
And from this, people started to speculate that there was something supernatural about her. She was known amongst, of course, yeah, you know, <clears throat> single woman and like that. So she was known, known amongst the neighbours as a healer, and she was soon accused of witchcraft by the Spanish Inquisition. Oh, there we we'll go. Get the Spanish Inquisition involved. I'm not going to do the Monty Python sketch. Um, so, you know, they, they got involved, and funnily enough, they found, and, you know, normally I'm quite pro a bit of um, devil getting into these stories, Chris, but... Uh, you love the devil. No, not, not... But I think if you get tried by the Spanish Inquisition, there's really only one outcome. I think they're going to find... find... So anyway, they claim that she'd made a pact with the devil to cast spells and curses that would cause misfortune to others. Um, and she was identified as a practitioner of the occult and sentenced to burn at the stake. Seems like a harsh punishment. Um, Do you mind if I, um, if I just weave something into this? Because I was having a look at Sussex legends earlier, and there's... Um, I mean, they're not great. I couldn't find anything. Well, there's doing, the devil's story, isn't there? Where apparently, yeah, there's the devil's story. out by the devil for some reason. I can't remember them. Um, it's well, apparently, sort of this area of Sussex was one of the last to go Christian, and to, and the devil was going to basically dig the whole the dike so that he could flood the inland because they're all turning Christian. Um, apparently but so chanctonbury ring which is fairly famous um i was just reading about that and there's some so what it is is it's just a ring of trees but they were only planted in 1760 i thought they were more ancient than that but what i really like here is uh, one of the stories because they've got several stories about walking around a tree trees a certain number of times clockwise or anti-clockwise but this one's really good because you've got to be really hard up to go for this fucking deal Right. If you walk around the ring anti-clockwise seven times, then you will summon the devil who will offer you soup, porridge, or a bowl of milk in exchange for your soul. That's, not, that's, that's quite a pricey supermarket, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's real, like, specialty. Like, yeah, it's like a waitrose. Like or sourdough bread or something, you know. <laughs> That's, I mean, you don't, you know, it's not even like it's being able to play the guitar really well. No, exactly. Like, do, you want, do, do you want some milk? Yeah. <laughs> That'll be your soul. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, we'll at least explore. You know, that's not really much of a Faustian pact, is it? It's like, yeah. I mean, oh, maybe yeah. he's low. Maybe that. He's maybe that's what you're then, isn't he? He's low balling. You want to and you go. Oh well, how about and you and you go in with? Mm, well, how about I'm king of the world. And then he goes, all right, I'll, uh, you know, uh, I'll give you a Volkswagen Polo. And then you go, well, <laughs> he's just trying to meet in the middle somewhere where you've just got like a million quid on a yacht. That'd be depressing, wouldn't it? If you, 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 if you went, it's not worth any more than that. It's like, right, okay. Want, it's not worth I, any more than I that. Want, all I want, I want I'm doing you a favour. I want to be famous. I want to be like the world's best guitarist. And I just want, you know, people to, yeah, adore me. For, your, for yourself. Okay, right. For your soul, mate. <laughs> well, <let's see. laughs> right. You're going to have to manage expectations here, Brad. You see the devil just fucking making a pitch. He's like, I'll be honest with you, no, I'm not going for that. No. Yeah. I'll give you a bowl of soup, and even then I'm making a loss. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Trust me. It's, it's, there's, there's, there's nothing to You know what? The amount, the amount of... It's barely worth you leaving your soul. You've barely got one. <laughs> yeah, the, amount of paper, the amount of paperwork that I'm going to have to do you can have, I don't know what, you can have a bowl of soup. Chicken soup? No. No, you can have, you can have scotch broth. Oh, no. Yeah, that'd be um, pretty, 
Where'd you go from there? The thing is, as well, like when you've left your village going, I'll see you all later, suckers. I'm going to be a rock star. <laughs> I'm going to go up. The devil's going to give me everything. And then, you, then you'll all see burnt your bridges at the um, Coopers. <laughs> Fuck this, I'm not making any more barrels. I'm going to be a rock star. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, man. Come back with your tail between your legs. Yeah, better do more praying, I guess. Can I have my job back? <laughs> Boy, I thought you were going to be a rock star. Oh, shut up. No, I decided against it. Yeah. Sorry, my soul was worth more than that. You all know that's not true. What did he offer we you? We all know that's... Half a, half a pint of milk. <laughs> What's he offer you? A cow? Less than a cow? Jesus. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> all right, you can have your job back. Half wages. Um. Yeah, sorry, I just thought I'd weave that in because no, I had the devil. That was good. Yeah, unfortunately, it's probably... Probably better than my story, but uh, <laughs> there we go. Um, okay, no, so as, as she was burning at the stake, she cast a final spell. I mean, we're assuming now that she, she was a witch because she just sounded like a healer, but um, okay, fair enough. So apparently, the same thing though. She's got to put it right this time around. Yeah. Good. Well, I, don't, I think, I think they've that. got a pretty, pretty decent hit rate. Yeah, can't do the time, don't do the crime, that's what they say. Um, <laughs> Don't, yeah, don't heal the sick. Would that, yeah. What would you? What would? What would Jesus think of that? <laughs> Can't take the stake. Don't be on the make. I don't know. Hey, I'll take the fire. Don't be a liar. Yeah. I'll be honest. They got less pithy as they went on, but uh, you know, they're, 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 they were burning a lot. To be fair, they were burning a lot of people. But <laughs> <laughs> well, they're there to root out heretics. They're not there to come up with catchy slogans. So you know, fair enough. Um, yeah, well, anyway, so as you would, it's, it's, I think, you know, it's one of those kind of things you've seen plenty of times before. She she put a curse on them with her dying breath. She mm. was being sort of burnt at the stake. So that's that's kind of like setting our scene in terms of, um, you know, the origins of this house. So, you know, it's, you've, got, you've got colonialism and, um, you know, burning at the stake and a curse. A Persian woman. Yeah. Um, so, apparently, it would appear that the curse was successful because there's been a quite few events. So, you know, fair play. Um, yeah, good. So, quite a few things have happened in this house ever since. So, many years after the execution, a wealthy and cruel man purchased the land and built a home there. <laughs> he was abusive. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so um, you want to purchase a house? Um, can you can you just uh, you know tell us um, your income and what your job is? Well, look, put it this way, mate. I'm wealthy, and what's your job? I'm a cruel man. <laughs> oh, okay, fantastic. Just sign. Me. <laughs> what do you do? Cruel stuff to get money. <laughs> I don't... Well, that's very much in keeping with the times. I'm I'm as happy as long as it's you know whether it makes me money or whether it's cool. If I get a bit of both, then uh, then that makes me happy. Well. Money, cruelness. You know, build mill, Cruelty. mill in Peru, and then put building <laughs> machines. Don't you don't need to anymore. We've got we've got you know steam engines now. Don't care. Don't care. Not cruel. Not cruel enough. <laughs> and I want them to, and I want them to carry the coal from Yorkshire to Peru. From from an example of how cruel a man this person was, they don't really explain why he was cruel, but or how he was cruel. But apparently, he was very abusive to his servants. 
And, you know, that's one thing they say, isn't it? You can always tell the the measure of a person by how they treat, um, you know, uh, somebody who's serving them food or something like that. Well, obviously, the majority is that. Who says that? Oh, yeah, that's a... Did you grow up with servants? No. (laughs) I said, that's why I said people were serving them food, because obviously it would... No, obviously it would apply to... Or, like, waiting staff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, not servants. I agree, if people are horrible. Well, I just think anyone in... If people are horrible to anyone in customer services... I'm used to um, working a public place, and that's that's half what it is with some of these people. They just know they can pick on you, because you can't can't, uh, say anything back. Well, you can if you do yeah. a passive aggressive thing. They can't quite yeah. around with them. But anyway, you can, um, you know, do stuff to their food. I've never actually, I've never been a food server. I don't, I know, I don't think I'd do that. Someone would have to be very objectionable for me to um, spit in their food or something. No, I mean, I just, yeah, I'm not interested in I wouldn't do that, doing that kind no. of stuff, particularly. Yeah. But um, some people do. Well, I know that yeah, and then think, some people yeah, do do it, and I think, think you know, is it is it really is it really worth running the risk exactly. to? Yeah, well, you shouldn't do to, it anyway, just because it's a lot. Hello, my name is Michael Winner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just Michael bad. Winnering the waiting staff. <laughs> What's this on here? Oh, it's reduced snail. Lovely, lovely, because I am very exotic in my tastes. <laughs> Um, Very basic in my films. I can't do the Michael Winner but uh, yeah, you can give it a go. Just got very basic in the way I direct films. Very exotic. That's perfect. There you go. That's better than mine. Uh, once again, well, you've. I'm just thinking back to the old uh, "Calm down, there." It's only a commercial. Yeah, calm down, there. As as once hilariously done in Parliament by one of our, you know, yeah, increasingly. Deteriorating, detached. Yeah, it's just like you know. Oh, yeah, was was the thing, isn't it? Was Cameron the worst, or because he allowed all these things to happen, or because you kind of think? Yeah, it's I mean, I, mean, I don't know. Worst prime minister think... than, but but then he opened the door for all this fucking trash, didn't he? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a race to the bottom. There's no, you know, it's like um, lining up. Different turds and deciding which oh, yeah. one's more less pleasant to eat. Would you know? rather have a dog shit on my left shoe or my right shoe? Yeah, doesn't really matter. Does it? How I do Michael Winner is the calm down their adverts, and I mix it a bit to make it caricature esque with uh, Eric Cool, the oh, no. the agent. Monster, monster. <laughs> I've got a cigar, monster. Talk the characters. Anyway, yeah, he's but... dead now, isn't he? Is he? Did he? I didn't 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 know he passed. He died <laughs> fighting for ISIS. In an airstrike. That sounds about right. <laughs> lads, lads, I'm never going to get my fifty if you don't. I have, uh, I have, I have defeated the world of sports and agency. I now want to defeat the Western powers on the Levant. <laughs> Monster. Yeah, just believe believe his own hype too much. Yeah. Um, just to just to confirm that is all true. <laughs> well, that's that's you saying that, Chris. That's fair enough. Um, exactly. Facts, man, Chris. <laughs> come come here for facts. You're in the right place. You'll have nothing but right. Talking of which, talking of yes, facts. Right. facts. Cruel facts me. Feel fact me. Facts me like one of your French girls. Let me, <laughs> let me launch some facts into your fact hole. Oh, 
you lie there and pose. Um, <laughs> okay, it's. I don't, I don't know where we're going with that, but anyway, it's it's welcoming. I see, I never thought. Yeah, that I, I would, yeah. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I don't think you'd say anything like this. Your Winslet, but uh, there you go. Uh, that, that's what's happening. That's what everyone was. That's what people used to say in the schoolyard. Fair enough. Um, okay, so when you, when when I was in school, and obviously you're several years older, and used to hang around the gates. <laughs> uh. <laughs> French girls. There's nothing. Nothing, yeah. nothing weird about that. Oh, you blonde lads. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yes, right. The house. So, wealthy and cruel man. <laughs> I think that's tenth time I've done that nonsense. Right. So he purchases the home, built built a built home there. And it, yeah, he was very uh, very abusive to his servants. So, well, they figure they're not having this. They're going to get a bit of revenge. So he was hosting hosting a lunch for some of his some of his mates. I imagine they were all obnoxious, wearing kids as well. Cruel um, mates, other um, members. Again, we were talking about, you know, spitting your food and stuff like that. You wouldn't want to do that, even if they are. Maybe they poison could, it. I mean, well, no, they, what they thought they'd do instead was they would lightly poison the drinks. Lightly poison yeah, them? Yeah, with a hallucinogenic drug. Oh, nice. Wow, they've got loads of them in South America. Not to kill, but just have a bit of fun at their expense. Yeah. Look, tell you what, Chris, it backfired because oh, no. they've done this in a haunted house, haven't they? They've only gone and done oh, it in a fucking haunted house. Oh, no. I will wish to Oh, no. Oh, in my drink in the... <laughs> I know which I do. put ayahuasca in his drink. Oh. This place is haunted. I was going to happen there, didn't you? So what, so what do you think happens? They all just... Oh, I imagine they, they, the, slipped, uh, they slipped, the, slipped the surly bonds of reality and entered the spirit kingdom. Yeah, and then they then, then they realised that all all man is is one, and mm-hmm. uh, started treating treating everyone treating the servants very well. Yeah, gave gave their money away. So it became a it became a, a commune after that, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not what happened. We wouldn't be talking about. Oh, that. No. Be lovely. I'm afraid what happened instead. Soon after the meal began, the servants heard manic laughing, screaming coming from the room. They waited Sounds until right. the sound stopped. They weren't going to get involved with that. Obviously, went in to see what right. happened. What did they find? Mm-hmm. Complete okay. carnage. Bodies with limbs torn off and blood running down the walls and all over the floor. They torn each other to pieces. I reckon it was 50 50 that was going to happen anyway, to be honest with you. And members of the Bullingdon Club. Yeah, exactly. Like they end up with at least one dismembered. Um, I mean, not really a, you're not calling it a party. I mean, we're both quite strong. Do you think that we could pull someone's arm out, Absolutely arm off? Not. Absolutely not. It's like all of these. You get these. You things. don't. What if you? What, what if you like? You like put your weight on their chest as leverage. No, because the sinews and all the and the connective tissue. It's like can't have a chicken's hard enough. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of. Like, <laughs> I don't know why you're pulling that. Like you could, you could probably pull an arm out of its socket, like wrench it out. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like you pull hard enough. But um, no, there's no way to find out, is there? Without. Um... That causing a scene, so I guess. Mm-hmm. So well, they've been they pulled each other. So was there like one person left who'd won? Who'd won? Well, see, I mean, I mean, having said that, and there could have been knife play involved. Who knows? Um, well, maybe they had very sharp cutlery. But um, well, saying yeah, limbs torn off, but I mean, I suppose they could have been demonically possessed. You know, super yeah. like that. Who knows? You couldn't. A normal set of human beings couldn't have done that to one another. I don't. Well, think. a people. But no, all, all dead, all dead, and all dismembered. 
Don't people on PCP have superhuman strength because it, like, massively gets all the adrenaline and dopamine going or something like that? Um, I think um, your pain tolerance becomes very high. You wouldn't get superhuman strength. There's you, you, you know, a shot of adrenaline. You might be able to sort of, like, do things. That, I think you could... Um, I mean, you hear stories about, like, someone PCP, like, tearing off their face and stuff. But um, ripping limbs, I don't think. I don't think, I don't think you could become super strong. I don't think that's... Um... What about if there was a... One of them was a mother and their baby had got trapped under the people and they had... But they got superhuman strength, like when they when they can lift up cars and that. Yeah, a rumor I've heard as well, which I don't believe in. But um, another one of those. So, well, yeah, they could have been. So, what do you reckon? So, a baby crawled in, got trapped. Baby crawled in the window, and all these memes. Mother, as I said, the words had to tear the whole room full of yeah, rip of limb from limb to try and get to get to the baby. Yeah, I mean. There's no evidence that that happened, but it's possible, I suppose. Because... Is there evidence that it didn't happen? Yes, mountains of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just look, I'm just putting an alternative theory out there. That's what oh. I'm here for. My okay, well, my yeah. out of the box thinking. Whatever it was, you know, yeah. it backfired badly, and definitely they a mother ended up spending the rest of their lives in a mental institution because they couldn't take what they'd seen. I what the servants? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, all of the people in the room were, were dead. Uh, him and all of his mates. Do you think? Do you think they were just having a crawl off? <laughs> so he was a crawl. Well, this is the thing. Yeah, because I, I do think it was just like a bit of a saucy prank that went a bit too far. <laughs> <laughs> a bit saucy. <laughs> it was saucy prank. Oh, stop pulling my arm! <laughs> it just instantly escalates. <laughs> oh, my Jed's arm, come on! <laughs> oh, pull your fucking arm <laughs> off! I can't see Frank try it. <laughs> your leg off. No, I'm sad. I'll pull your fucking head off. <laughs> I'm so cruel. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've assumed that then this <laughs> little British people suddenly got over it. I mean, it's entirely possible. Yeah, more um, than likely was, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Members of the Bullington Club. Um, so, I mean, I mean, uh, bad for the staff, but it sounds like there's no great loss, really, these people. No, I mean, you know, it's... Uh... I mean, well, I mean, well, the thing is that they're saying that he was cruel. I mean, we don't know, but... Hey, he was quite rude to his staff. No, well, he was, yeah, rude to the staff. So you know, hey, what are you going to do? Um, we don't know whether his friends are the same, but I imagine they were. Do you think there's a chance that? The, do you think there's a chance that the staff maybe just fucking killed them all? Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. If I was investigating this crime, I'd probably be less famous. You know, more like, uh, I reckon. Though, what's happened there is you've drugged all of their, these people and murdered them. And, uh, what's <laughs> oh no, we don't know anything about this. It's driven. It's mad. We better get to the nearest asylum. Because we can't take whatever terrible things happen. Yeah, I think it's probably far more likely that the um, the, the servants just um, hacked up him and his friends. Well, that's also spooky. But you know, it's also hey, it's all it's all part of the thing. You know, a load of load of decapitated bodies, decapitated whatever, dismembered. Um, right, fast forward a century later, and a Japanese family by the name Matsushita, which is where the house gets its name, moved in. And uh, and that all seemed okay, actually. They were an honest and refined family. It's weird that it's named after them, considering there was a massacre and a witch there before. <laughs> I think it's probably like a rebranding exercise. but Because uh, <laughs> they don't tell us what the... Well, also, we don't seem to know. Well, actually, no, we know, we know the... Um, 
Well, because the house, I mean, when the witch died, that she just died on the grounds. So that's where they built the house. The, it oh, right. I thought it was her house. No, no, no. She, so she, she was burnt at the stake on the site. Right. Um, and then they built the house on that site. Okay. Legend. Because um, uh, the land was cheap, presumably, because it used to be a burning witch yeah, burning. They, they tried to let him know. It's like at least, you know, get get one of the locals in to come and do the uh, equivalent of an exorcism. And it's like, uh, mm. get Pazuzu out. Um, but no, he was like, no, that's fine. I'm cruel. Backfired. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Well, enjoy getting ripped to pieces by your chum then. I will. Save me some money. Anyway, Japanese family moving. However, soon enough, the dark spirit of the house took over. The father no. became angry and violent, and one day came home from work. He found his wife with another man. So I mean, to be, you're all right. Do you know what? I think it's all right to be angry and. Well, maybe not violent, but I think it's all right to be angry. If, Definitely not violent, but um, if your wife's cheating on you, I think angry is kind of like yeah. You, you, I mean, you can be violent to the to the to the other man, but again, I I wouldn't personally. Yeah, but um, you know, I, I tend mean, to, I tend to get melancholy rather than angry as a as a person. I just anyway. go, oh, oh, you're probably right to do it. Oh, I'll well, leave you to it then. Bye. <laughs> Probably similar, but um, that's that's not the that's not the uh, path this guy took. He had decided instead to go and get a knife and uh, stab him wife, killed his two children, and then himself. Ah, that's so nice. So uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. So um, don't uh, don't overplay it now. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to go for a quick piss while we've got okay. a break in. Hello, it's me, Darvaret. I hope you've enjoyed the first section of the podcast of Urbane Legends. What a spooky house. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Uh, the second part should play straight after this. They're released at the same time. Uh, and just to let you know, there are still many tickets available for my one-man show of Ulysses by James Joyce at the Lowestoft Playhouse. Good day. Good day.